7.20 on a uh, Tuesday morning. Coming up tomorrow night, part of a uh, very busy week here in Northfield with Winter Walk and a number of events going on, is one not to be missed. It's an evening of laughter and tears. It's from the St. Olaf uh, College Storytellers, and we have a couple of the storytellers along with uh, the uh, professor who is running the show, Oren Safdie. Oren, first of all, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. You have brought with you uh, Anna Kwan and Hannah Amit, and we'll be talking with them in just a moment or so, but I want to concentrate, first of all, on the the, uh, storytelling to begin with, uh, you, this is a, a new class at St. Olaf. Tell us about it. Yes, um, I was asked to teach a nonfiction class, but I've always uh, tried to influence uh, students to write about their lives, so I just called it personal narrative writing, so there was no arguments as to what they were going to be writing about. <laughs> I mixed it into the batter, and uh, you know, they, these are very personal stories, obviously, um, and we delved into some really great issues and different types of exercises each week, but uh, at the heart of it was really that these these stories focus on uh, their lives and other lives, but how they react to their, their the other characters and things. Now, storytelling is uh, an ancient art, probably. It's been around for a long time. It seems like in this day and age, maybe it's just taking different forms as opposed to the classic form that we're used to in the past, but do, do people... St- tell stories as much as they used to? Is it is it an art form that's... Because uh, I think it's a very important form of art. Is it going away? Is it coming back? Has it ever left? Yes, I think it's coming back a lot now, and I think the pandemic had something to do with it because it was something that translated well over the Internet, unlike sometimes like theater. This is a type of theater as well, but it's, it's not only the actor, but the uh, source of the material telling you the story. So, But there is some performance to it. And I think it's really growing right now. But we were talking before you we went on the air. You had mentioned that you have a kind of a theatrical background. Tell us a little bit about that and how that translates into the storytellers. Yes, I am a, a playwright and screenwriter mostly. So um, I felt in a lot of classes you hand out the stories and everybody reads everybody's story at home. And then they come and discuss it. But our, our uh, class was very much geared to reading the stories out loud before the class, and I think it brought a different level to the storytelling. All right, let's talk with a couple of the storytellers. We'll start off with uh, Joanna. Joanna, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from uh, as far as your St. Olaf education? What year are you in? And just get to know you a little bit. Um, Hi, I am Joanna. I'm from Texas. And at St. Olaf, I am a sophomore second semester sophomore. And um, my major is actually, I'm a double major. I have psychology and with a concentration in neuroscience. And then I have creative writing, um, which is really what inspired me to take this class because I, I really enjoyed the topic. That's Those are two seemingly polar yeah. <laughs> majors to have. But uh, they're both very important. And who's to say you can't have them both? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the storytelling class. Uh, from it's based on kind of personal experiences here. Was it difficult for you to to find an experience that you would like to a story that you would like to tell? Uh, did that come pretty easy? Or um, yeah, I think I remember at the start of uh, start of the year, I actually had a, a talk with Professor Safdi where a lot of storytellers have this issue of they think that either oh no my life is too boring or they think oh I'm too weird I can't you know tell you know a good story that speaks to people. Um, and so at the beginning, I definitely was like, 
I was like, oh, no, my life just seems not interesting enough, you know, for this class. But I think that with this class, you do a lot of self-reflection. And then you come to realize, actually, I have a lot of things that would make a great story. And so, um, yeah, that's... Yeah, a lot of things. You start once, I guess, once the... uh once the thoughts start to flow, you can start uh, right. seeing things in a little bit different perspective. So is it difficult to narrow down to one or two? Or, or how many of your life experiences are wrapped up into the storytelling that uh, you'll be uh, talking about tomorrow night in this event? Um, so we have like different... Um we have different stories that we tell throughout the throughout the school year. And then for this event, what we did was we kind of like looked back on each of our stories and we decided, okay, which one would is a, a story that we're very proud of that we think would translate well to a crowd of people. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, for my story, I was talking about like my struggles with OCD. And so it was um, a story from a while back. And then we kind of had to talk about, oh, like um, the, I decided to do this story because it's not too long. And I think that it also um, is very humorous in a lot of ways. And a lot of our stories are very funny, kind of in an edgy way, sort of sarcastic. Um, Yeah, so I'm very excited. Okay, we're going to get to that, maybe hear an excerpt here in just a moment or so. Let's move things over, though, to uh, Hannah. Hannah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What grade are you at at St. Olaf? All right, yeah, my name is Hannah Amit. I'm a junior at St. Olaf, and I'm a chemistry major. I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. How did you get into storytelling? Has that been a, an interest of yours? You saw that? Did you see the storytelling class that was available and decided, I'm going to do that one? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. I know <laughs> I don't really get to leave the science building that much. But um, yeah, so St. Olaf, being a liberal arts school, has some general education requirements, and four of those being uh, writing classes. And I had not taken one up to this year. There's not too many in chemistry, surprisingly. And, um, yeah, I just kind of saw this class, and it was actually – the class was full when I, like, had tried to register for it. But I just, like, kept trying to submit an override request from, like, April through, like, August. And then persistence is key, and then I got into it. So, yeah. <laughs> persistence is key, and you'll find that out throughout life. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about the, uh, developing the, the story that you're going to tell. Was that uh, – did you have those – thoughts like my my life is boring or I'm weird or anything like that did, mm-hmm. did those type of uh, issues come up yeah uh, I I've been told by my friends that I'm kind of a chaotic storyteller that like sometimes my stories are not very linear and so um, like I'll get off on so many tangents when I'm writing so I think that it was um, very helpful for me to just sit down and say like does this make sense like does it does it translate to like an audience so I really, I've, I've really seen like the growth in my writing from the beginning of September through now, and so I'm, I'm very excited for tomorrow to kind of share that. The nonlinear storytelling, I, I'm sure I'm guilty of that one, and I also know some people who are guilty yes. of that as well. We tend to go off on tangents. Tangents. Getting that focus is a, a, a key part of writing. Was that? Do you feel like that was a skill that, that you developed that evolved over the course of taking this class? Yeah, I think that. Um, what I really found in my writing, which improved, was finding my voice. Even on the car ride over, we kind of talked about being able to find your voice. And for me, I think I'm like pretty sarcastic. So I think that like being able to convey that and like in writing and make it sound like put together was something that like took a lot of work. But I'm really I'm really happy with what I wrote. So let's move it back to uh, Professor Safty before we get some uh, excerpts mm-hmm. of the uh, things they wrote you've heard some of these concerns that uh, when, when they first arrived in the classroom you know can I even make a story would anyone want to care was that 
a pretty common thread throughout many of the people in your class? Oh, yes, because we have backgrounds from everybody in the sciences to, uh, I guess, uh, nursing to every every background. Some people haven't uh, written, others have. But there is a formal structure to telling a story. And it comes, you know, we're 15 in the class, so that's another great thing about this show is you're going to get 15 different stories. Um, But everybody sort of... Uh, critiques everybody's work during uh, the semester and by critiquing others you're able to look at your own work objectively and make the right corrections because at the beginning we just kind of tell stories as if we were going to but there is a trick to it it's not like it's just random you do learn a craft to it it's like the, uh, when you go see a play or a film, there is a structure to it, and it works for a reason. So it's not all just imagination. There's there's definitely an art form to telling a story. All right. Can you teach me that in like the next 60 seconds? Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's so, have it. What do I need to do to well, tell a story? Well, first of all, one of the big things I always say is you have a story, and then there's a story behind the story. And that's a trick where you're writing. You're actually discovering why... You have this memory. I mean, think about how many memories we have in our lives and why certain things stick out in our memory. And then we sometimes don't know the real reason. We might think it's something, but there's, we dig deeper and we find it's actually something else. So one of the examples I gave is when you see a, a baby crying and having a fit in the aisle of a supermarket. They call the broken cookie syndrome that the baby's probably not having a fit about you know, the cookie that broke in the supermarket, but something that might have happened an hour earlier at home or something. And it's similar in writing when you think, uh, you know, I was in this uh, situation. Why am I remembering this one moment out of all? And then when you start to write, you investigate that. And as we're kind of experiencing the same thing that the person is investigating, we're finding things out and surprises. Interesting. Yes. Is that what both of you found while you were going through the storytelling? Yeah, definitely. I think okay. it was something that um, when you're writing it, like there was in the beginning of the in the beginning of the year, I just remember telling a story about like my brother like tri- like falling on the ice, and it was just like a super funny moment to me. And then when I was telling you, I was like, you know, that's like a great moment, but I don't know if I can really go a lot farther with it. And so then like <laughs> later on in the semester, I was just like, I was just kind of thinking about like other things that stuck out to me. And then I'd I'd start writing, and then I just like wouldn't stop writing, and then I'd suddenly have like three thousand words on my like Google doc and i was just like oh well maybe i can talk about this a little bit more so <laughs> let's i think it's time we get uh excerpts uh from uh from what the performance will be tomorrow night who wants to go first um i can go first all right and this is joanna um so this is for the story that i'm going to be telling tonight and it's called trigger warning um when i was in the fourth grade my teacher told us to write about our fears I will begin by saying there isn't much I remember about this assignment. After all, it was over a decade ago. And as time goes by, trying to draw specific memories from a childhood feels like looking through a frosted window, where all I can make out are vague shapes and blotches of color. Most of my memory is a blur, but I do keep some random facts about myself tucked away in case I have nothing to talk about on a date. For instance, fact, I don't remember what supposed fear I shared with the class, only that it was most definitely a lie. What are 10-year-olds afraid of anyway? Snakes, maybe? Heights? Death? Hell? It's a unique stage in life, sort of this transitory period between childhood innocence and preteen hormonal angst. To my knowledge, no one else shared my fear. But if they did, they also shared my shame, the shame that kept this fear secret for the first 16 years of my life. 
Somehow, at such a young age, I knew that to have this fear was inherently shameful. And when you're a child, there's hardly any greater fear than to be ashamed. Um, so that's the segment that I decided to share. Very good. I, that Very good writing. That, uh, and by the way, those fears don't go away if you're 10 and you don't like snakes and heights. And I, yeah. Those don't go away. <laughs> Maybe the fear of public speaking can go away, though. Uh, let's uh, move things over to uh, Hannah. Hannah, can you give us a little sampling of what we'll hear at the, uh, the Evening of Laughter and Tears coming up Wednesday, uh, December the 7th? Yeah, so my uh, story is called uh, Petri Dish Baby. So, All right, so... <laughs> I didn't find out I was the product of in vitro fertilization, IVF, until I was 18. This may sound shocking, but the details of how I came into existence were never really something I thought about. I'd grown up surrounded by a family that loved and cared for me, and with friends that acted as an extension of my family. I had a twin brother, and I've seen photos of my mom when she was pregnant with us. I knew I was born at Children's Hospital in downtown St. Paul on January 29, 2002, at 9.45 a.m. I had all the important details down and all the important people around me. My mom, my grandparents, my nanny. What was I missing? Well, one question always pointed out what I was missing in my nuclear family. What do your parents do for a living? That friendly, warm-hearted conversation starter with that lovely plural noun. Parents. Two parents. They meant a mom and a dad. A dad and a mom. Oh, okay, that's what I was missing. A dad. Uh, could I get a definition? Could you use that in a sentence, please? My response to that question was always the same. I had it down to a T. Make my response just uncomfortable enough so that the person asking would catch the hint that it was not something I was wor- not something worth getting into. Oh, my mom's a professor, and, uh, well, my parents are divorced, and last I heard, my dad's in California, and he's an engineer. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw him. Oh, God, I'm sorry for asking. Your mom is so strong. It must be hard being a single parent. Uh, What does she teach? It's not that talking about my dad was something that made me uncomfortable. I had no emotional ties to the word dad. It's not like my dad dramatically walked out of my brother and me when we were nine and completely uprooted any sense of the meaning of family. I just knew I didn't have one, and that really didn't bother me all too much. You can't miss something you never had. Sorry. (laughs) Very good, very good. That's uh, you know. Did you find it? Do you find it difficult uh, telling life stories? You mentioned the the, the, the personal aspect of that. Um, you're going to have to get up uh, and talk with strangers in front of strangers. Maybe it's easier in front of strangers than your friends. But was that uh, was that something that uh, was real for you? It definitely was. Um, I think that in our class, we've built such an environment of trust and we've shared some very vulnerable stories with one another. Um, but then when we're like, all right, so we, we kind of hit us that it's like, oh, this is going to be a public event. And I was like, oh, wow. It like <laughs> didn't register initially. And I was like, wow, like there are all these people that, you know, don't know me that haven't, you know, heard all my other stories. Um, so it was difficult at first, but I think that there is, it does help practice us, practice, give us practice at like being vulnerable since we've shared with the class, we've, you know, we've overcome that, um, that, that hump of like, okay, we need to share with these people and then we can just expand it to more and more. And I think that's one of the great things about storytelling is that you sort of um, learn how to like share maybe some intimate parts of yourself with Mm. others. Now the event is coming up uh, tomorrow night. It's Wednesday, December the 7th, starting at 7.30. It's at the uh, Fairfield Inn and Suites, and we're going to move it back to Professor uh, Safdie here. Uh, I like that you're having it in public. You know, you could have it at St. Olaf, and it'd be great for the students and everything, but uh, there might be some people that come 
come and have experience a whole new thing. People who are interested in storytelling, tell us about how that got started. Yes, I wanted to connect it back to the community here, and and I'm staying at the because I, I commute back and forth between Los Angeles and teaching here, and I stay at the Fairfield Inn and Suites, and uh, I made friends with the the manager there, Mark Jury, and all the people there have become like my second family here because I'm <laughs> staying there, and uh, I just saw this perfect place right on the river. They have a, a great space that's like the bar restaurant. And I've always felt that, you know, in academia, it's important to get outside of the bubble. And uh, as much as I, all my courses, I've always tried to have the classes take a performance outside and connect with the community, because that's sort of what it is. You know, we have to go into the real world. And so just getting outside of the classroom, getting outside of the school, and hopefully bringing it to people here. All right. And that event, once again, tomorrow night at the Fairfield Inn and Suites at 7 o'clock. is right in the restaurant bar. You, you, know, you walk into the lobby, and you'll see it right there. Uh, thank you so much for and coming. And it's free, in. by the way. And it's free. Yes. <laughs> and uh, there's food and drink there. Yes, uh, there is. Like. Yes. Thank you so much for coming in today. Best of luck to you tomorrow. Thanks for sharing your stories. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Uh, once again, the uh, evening of tears, uh, laughter and tears put on by uh, St. Olaf's storytelling uh, students. And that's putting, uh, it's, uh, coming up tomorrow at 7.30. We'd like to thank um, Joanna Kwan and also Hannah Ahmet for coming in today. Got uh, Bob, St- or excuse me, Rich coming in with local news in just a moment or so. MNN is next. This news update is brought to you by Northfield Retirement Community. Rooted in